Alright, so we're going to get started because Brock has the flu. Hello, hello, hello. For those of you who are into the Glock family of handguns, this is the called the Pocket Rocket. This is the uh, smallest of the uh, Glock 9mm. And if this teeny-weeny little magazine doesn't do it for you, I now own the... This is the 50-round drum magazine. How cool is that? Oh, baby. Concealed carry. What lump? Yeah. How cool is that? This, by the way, fits all 9mm Glocks, regardless of the size. Isn't that great? Yes, indeed. Yes. What's coolest about it is somebody said that maybe <laughs> That's right. How, where did you get it? How long did it take to... What's the size I can have that? They're made in South Carolina, and I got it in four days. It is not a Glock made. Cheaper and Dirt got them, yeah. In fact, I think I got them from Cheaper and Dirt, but they're made in South Carolina. Obviously, you're ordering from the wrong places. Yeah. 33? 29? The stick. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that's uh, that was the class. Thank you for coming. That's right. That's right. That's what it is. You're in the waiting list. That's right. And you're and you're behind our president who's gonna get first dibs. That's right. Oh no, it's homeland security. Yeah. All right. Well let's uh, Let's begin. Uh, tonight, um, I would like to talk about Purim, just to chat about it. Because I think, as I was studying, uh, especially on uh, Purim was on Sunday, uh, so I had a lot of time to study. And uh, Shushan Purim was the next day, uh, and had time to study there as well. And I, I found some things that I've never seen before. I thought they might be helpful to you. Someone dialing in? That was Mr. Wright, the other Mr. Wright, telling us that uh, Brock has the flu, Sean didn't get to bed until very late, Shane is in Florida, and Noah is, well, Noah is Noah. I don't think Noah can drive. So that makes it tough. So I'd like to talk about Purim, and I'm hoping that everything I say tonight will be stuff that you've never seen or never noticed or never heard before. And I think that's a tall order for for many of you, since you you studied the scriptures and you've been reading this uh, for many years. Um, So the first thing I'd like to talk about is the timeline. So what I'd like you to do is, if you've got uh, paper and pencil, some notes and whatnot, um, I'd just like you to write down from Esther chapter 1 and verse 1 until the back end of Esther chapter 10. I wonder if you could tell me how much time you think it takes up. Now, I've watched the movie, and the movie, of course, is complementary to the description. I think it's very good. Um, and in the movie, it appears that uh, Bashti doesn't show 
Esther gets picked. Haman gets elevated. Mordecai gets ticked. Haman gets upset. And it's all the same weekend. That's exactly right. And then come Monday morning, you know, Mordecai gives her the dreaded, if you don't step up, who knows, but God will provide deliverance for the Jews from some other quarter. And you and your family. By the way, that doesn't count me. That's you and your family shall surely perish. So she does the fast deal, gets everybody else to do the fast deal. It's maybe now Wednesday, three days of fasting. She goes before the king, son of a gun, out comes the scepter. Bada bing, bada boom, let's have feast, feast number two. Hits this evil Haman. Bam, he's out in the gallows. Mordecai's got the edict. Out they go, everybody can fight. And bada bing, bada boom, it's a two-week movie. I mean, that's really what it is. So. 18 months. Pete's got a Pete's got a year and a half in this bad boy. Now, why did you put the 12 months in there? Come on. Well, because of the, the women. The, 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 the women are doing a six-month, six-month deal, right? So 12 months of uh, cosmetic treatment, which if you've been married, you know, is you know, it's pretty realistic. Okay. So, um, so what do you think? Come on. Fake it. Guess at it. What do you think? Six months. But then you heard about the cosmetic deal. So you're probably at 18 months with Pete. Okay, Colby, what do you think? You just read to McGillah. You had it read to you. You were there. I was going to say 21 months. 21 months, just so it's not a, an 18-month deal. So you're, you're hedging the bet on the far side. There he is. Move this glass onto the other side of your cup. I'm glad you made it. I'm glad you're here. Here, take this seat. Here. I know that man. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Good to see you again. Yeah. God bless Johnny, if this, uh, if this size doesn't work. <laughs> it's the 50 round Glock drum. That's right, that's right. No, no, it's more like. <laughs> yeah. All right, take seats, let's go. G18 would be nice, but uh, getting a hold of that is a little tough. All right, so what we're talking about is how long does the book of Esther take? since we all just read the book, or had it read to us. And we've got an 18-month deal from Peter. Jerry is, is, was going to lean on a six-month deal, but realized that the women have 12 months in cosmetic training. So he's on the 18-month. And what did you say? 21 months, just a hedge on the other side. I was going to go with a little over two years. A little over two. Okay, a little over two years. 12 years. But, this, but you got your Bible open. Okay. 2,520 days. Wow. Just a narrative? Just a narrative. That happens in movies. 2,500. What the heck is that? How many years is that? Seven years? Three and a half years. I think it's longer than that. 2,000? No, no. Actually, that's seven years. That's seven years. Okay. 
That's three and a half years. I was thinking three. Three years. Well, maybe, maybe. Gregory. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You Top of your head. Not going to hold it to you. I mean, I'm thinking more like six years. Six years. Yeah. Are you on, on the long side now? Six years? Anywhere longer than six years? Twelve years. I was in the six to seven years. Six to seven years. Ten or eleven. Ten or eleven now. So we're coming down. Okay. All right. Well, let's walk through it, shall we? I think that if you just read it, then you ought to be able to give me the key player for each chapter. So let's uh, let's just walk through it. So we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do the Purim deal. So chapter one, who's queen of the day? Vasti. What does she not do? Show up. Show up. So chapter possibly unclothed. We, we definitely want to give her an out. Okay. When men are drinking, you should always give everybody else an out. <laughs> chapter two, who's the player? Okay, Esther, get your noses out of the book, guys. Seriously. Seriously, don't read it now. Don't read it now. Let's talk about it. You should be able to walk through it and remember it. And if you can't, I'll help you remember it. Can I go back? Yeah, absolutely. Because we're taught in Sunday school that she appears. Who appears? Who does? She doesn't appear. She doesn't. Okay, so the sages say that that the reason why she was punished was she, she, uh, she... Basically, uh, dishonored the Shabbat, and it's because the gematria of, 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 the, of the phrase right. is she does the Shabbat. Could so be. Where do, so, where do they, they just they're making an assumption there, I guess? On the nakedness thing? Yes. Yeah, the question would be why would Vashti, who was the queen, why would she literally disobey an edict from the king? Why would she do that? Right. According to the movie, she opposed the war, and she's making a political statement. Yeah. Um, the, the sages take one bent. You know, um, actually, the sages take more than... Yeah. Sages take... There's nothing in the text to support that that was the reason, though. There's nothing in the text. That's correct. You can take the full beauty part, you know, for and make assumptions based on it, but there's nothing that fully, literally... That's correct. What we do know from the text is... The king had been drinking, and we know that she was amazingly beautiful, and that that specifically is what he wanted to show off. Now, whether she stood up on moral grounds that she didn't want to have her beauty exposed in whatever way, one would have to question. You've done through this. You have a beautiful wife. I have a beautiful wife. You're standing up in front. I'm standing up in front. We, you and I have both experienced this. And you say, sweetie, stand up so they can, you know. And she's all embarrassed. She doesn't want to do it. So she makes you look like a putz because she won't stand up so that everybody can see who they got to give the money to for the picnic, you know. But she's embarrassed. Okay. All we can assume is it had something to do with drink and physical appearance. Beyond that, you can go with what the sages say, and the sages, I think, are split. You know, several different opinions there. Okay? That's good. That's a good question. That's the kind of responses I want. Okay, so the second chapter is all about Esther. What happens? We have a... I'm sorry? We have a beauty contest, basically. But who's in the beauty contest? All 
Everybody is the answer. Everybody's in the beauty contest. They get all. Okay. Who wins? Esther wins. It's a, it's a lovely thing. And she found favor with uh, everyone who saw her, actually. Third chapter is all about a guy who got raised up. No. First we got Haman. As soon as she takes office, Haman gets lifted up. Now, let's just look at a couple of dates to make sure we're straight on this because the movie might send you astray. In what year of this man of the king's reign did Vashti fail to appear? It was the third year of his reign. How many years later? Just to help you out. How many years later did it take to find Esther? Four years later. In the seventh year of, of uh, Ahasuerus' reign. Four years later. It doesn't look like that in the movie, does it? Four years later, in the seventh year of his reign, she was lifted up, became queen. Haman, lifted up, becomes the big guy. He's the flavor of the month. How close to Esther's coronation was that? This is in the twelfth year. Five years Esther's been queen. Now, do you know why it's so astonishing when it says that every day Mordecai walked by the gates to see how Esther was doing? Amazing. This guy took his parenting responsibilities with his stepdaughter very seriously. Over the top. In fact, well, I don't know. I'm just wondering. Let's just ding Esther for a second. We won't hold it against her. Let's just ding Esther. What do you got to say about Esther? Uh, let's see. Did she, did she tell anybody she was a Jew? Why not? Mordecai told her not to. Did she tell anybody that Mordecai, the guy who keeps walking by the gate, that really weird guy, did she tell anybody that they were related? No. Why not? Say again? Well, that's supposition on your part. The text tells us exactly why she didn't. Mordecai told her not to. The second time Mordecai told her not to. Did she want to go before the king, unannounced? Why did she eventually do it? Mordecai told her to. In fact, I'm just wondering now, can you tell me why this is not called the book of Mordecai? I mean, let's read the whole Megillah of Mordecai. I mean, really. Is there, can you see it? So I hope by the time we get done, you'll know the answer to that. What the sages say, at least, and, and what I believe. Okay, so from the third year to the twelfth year of this man's reign, how many years have gone by? Yeah, we got eight or nine years have already gone by, but now Haman's the guy. So, what's, uh, who's, who's our next player? In the very next chapter, in chapter four, what have you got going on? 
now, why would Mordecai fast? Because he's what? Because he's Jewish. He fasts because he's Jewish. Oh, maybe that's why. It is in chapter 3. That is why he's fasting, because of the decree, not because he's Jewish. Because he's Jewish. No, he's fasting because of the decree. If you were Russian, they're interrelated. That's not necessarily so. The text bears out that the reason he's fasting is because of the decree that came from Haman. All right. So... I just want to make sure I get the timing right. So this is Mordecai's chapter. He's, he's fasting. And he's fasting because he's going to die. It's as simple as that. So, oh, they know that Mordecai is. Mordecai is definitely Mordecai the Jew. In fact, why does he not bow down to Haman, chapter 3? Oh, no, no. In chapter 3, he makes it clear why he doesn't bow down. They say, wait a minute, wait a minute, it's a king's edict. This is a man under authority, right? It's a king's edict. You've got to bow down. Why aren't you bowing down? What did he say? I'm a Jew. They didn't bow, they didn't bend, they didn't bend. Yeah. He did. But he knew what it meant to be Jewish. So he didn't. You got to nest? Cut me down. Okay. So we know Mordecai's a Jew, and now he's fasting. All right, so in the fifth chapter, as a result of Mordecai fasting, I noticed that Esther tries to get him to stop fasting. He's not just fasting, right? How many of you have actually put on sackcloth? How many? No, none? How many? How many with ashes? Nobody. Catholics? Ash Wednesday? Nothing. Okay. So... He's gone above and beyond, right? He's fasting with sackcloth and ashes. Now stop, think. Starting at Genesis. Creation story. Little problem. Out. Death. Bad. Mark. Death. Flood. I'm just trying to think of how many guys I remember being in sackcloth and ashes. How many of you guys? Okay. I never thought of those guys. Okay. I was talking about Jews, but you brought in the Gentiles. You must be Goy. Okay. That works. I'm thinking of... I've got... I've got... I got this guy, and I got Job. So I got two... I got two guys, and now we got the Ninevites who eventually lost that anyway. But we're going to give it to him. Anybody else? I mean, I mean, it's, I mean we, don't, we don't really see it a lot. And when we do see it, it's, it's normally, uh, especially for kids. Yeah. It's not ringing a bell. He said King David. No, no, no. Not when his son died. He fasted. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. So, anyway, the, the point is, out of the entire Bible, you guys have come up with one city on its way out, <laughs> threatened with death, and 
two guys, one of whom was Mordecai. Good. No, see, that doesn't cut it. He's got a lot of people fasting. Sackcloth. Oh, sackcloth, but no ashes. In First Kings, yeah. says, when Ahab heard these words, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth on his flesh and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went about So no ashes. No ashes. And if it was Ahab, I'd be really concerned that he was on par with Yov and Mordechai. I'm sorry? What is the sackcloth and the... Well, normally repentance. Normally repentance. Okay, so the point is, he's, he's in a minor few, right? He's stepping up. He's made it clear he's a Jew. He can't bow down to this guy. He's setting himself apart. So he fasts. What's, our, what's the next chapter? What happens? As a result of him fasting... No. Esther, she has gotten the courage to approach. She's the one that says, okay, 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 you get everybody, and I'm talking everybody, to fast for three days. My girls and I, we're going to fast too. And then I'll go in and approach the king. And if I die, I die. It's okay. So she's got the message. So we've got Vashti, Esther, Haman, Mordecai, and now we're back to Esther again. So, She's going to approach. What happens when she does approach? She dies, and it ends at chapter 5, right? He lowers the scepter, right? She does it, so she gets to stay. Chapter 6, you've got an interesting flip. What happens? Nope. Yeah, this is the king can sleep. So we've got the Haman-Mordecai flip. Up to this point, Haman's the guy. Number two in the kingdom. And in this chapter, it flips. Mordecai is led around by Haman, and from this point forward, Haman's on slippery ground and slides into the abyss. Chapter 7. Who's your player in 7? You said it a minute ago. We're back to Esther now. Because the scepter has been presented, she's touched it, this Haman-Mordecai flip is just an interlude. Seven, we've got Esther in the banquet. So, after the banquet, what do we get? Another banquet, exactly right. After the second banquet, or at the second banquet, what happens? Haman's gone. That's why six, with this Haman-Mordecai flip, it really is a flip. Because the next time we hear about Haman, he's done. He's hanged on the gallows. Number eight, who's our player? Mordecai. He's lifted up now. He's number two in the palace. He's number two in the kingdom. And he is the one who writes the edict that says, okay, it's all right. Let him fight but we get to fight back. Who's the player in chapter 9? All the Jews. Good job. Exactly. The Jews fight back in chapter 9. It's a great deal. Who's your player in 10? Go back to Mordecai. You bet. He's the one where, I mean, it lifts Mordecai up like nothing I've ever seen. 
you think. In fact, if you look at it, other than the fear of Isaac, I don't think I've read anywhere in the Word of God where the fear of a single man was so pronounced. It says more than once that the fear of Mordecai caused people to change their behavior. That's extraordinary. Now I want to bring up one more time point. Haman was lifted up and became the prince of the realm in the 12th year of Ahasuerus. It wasn't until he saw Haman, I beg your pardon, it wasn't until he saw Mordecai and the fact that he would not bow down to Haman that he hated the Jews. That is the action. So if you're looking at a player here, Mordecai's standing alone, not only potentially strengthen the Jews and their resolve to stand alone for their faith, but it's also what caused Haman to get ticked. It says it right there in the text, because of his hatred and wrath for Mordecai. It's just easier to say Gary Daniel, but Yeah. But here, how long, I mean, it's Purim, right? Lots, multiple. How long did he throw lots? I mean, you think he threw lots and said, okay, it's going to be on Purim. (laughs) He threw lots every day for a year. For an entire year, he threw lots. And at the end of the year, decided that it would be on the 13th of Adar. It had been a year. So on the 13th of Adar, when they would wipe out all the Jews. Yes. It says it. Yeah, check out chapter 3. Obviously, you didn't read that chapter. Sunday. He threw lots for a year and then determined that it would be Adar and the 13th day of Adar. So, the edict was set for the year ahead. And here's the key, guys. Here's the key. In the month of Adar, he gets the edict written, signed and sealed and delivered, that says, on the 13th of Adar, a year from now, we're going to wipe these guys out. Day after day, month after month. Every stinking day, they threw lots. And they determined it would be the last month of the year on the 13th day. And it was on that day that he had the edict. The movie throws it way off. Every day. Yes. 365 days. Now, here's the interesting part. When did the decree go out? What day did he choose? 13th of Adar, which is the last month of the, of the Hebrew month, if you don't know. When did Mordecai start to fast? You, do you think it was right away? But it wasn't. That's why the movie says he was a scribe in the king's palace. Not a chance. If he was a scribe in the king's palace, like it said in the movie, he would have known on the 13th day of Adar. When would he have started fasting? The 13th day or the 14th day of Adar? Three months later. 
to everybody. But he's in the city. So he couldn't have been a scribe writing it out. Three months later, he starts to fast. And Esther is all concerned. You've got a decade of time here, guys. From the time Vashti refuses to appear until the time when Mordecai is one of the most powerful people on the planet, I want you to go home and this next week read this book one more time. It's nine chapters. The tenth chapter is so tiny. Nine chapters. Read it and think about Pharaoh and Joseph. Because everything it says about Joseph is exactly what it says about Mordecai. Second in command, top shelf over the whole world, Mordecai. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. He's an Agagite. Does he not know it? I'm sure he knows it. So wouldn't that be a contributing factor that when he finds out Mordecai's a Jew for him to have extra hatred for them? It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. But we can certainly assume it. Um, Don't know. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Don't know. Um, Because we don't get insight into the guy. It doesn't say, oh, he's a Jew? Of course he's a Jew. No wonder, yeah, he's a Jew. Okay. Um, it, it, does, it seems to me that, that it's beyond coincidence that it's the 13th. Why do you say that? Because it's the 13th is the day of Pesach. 14th is the day of Pesach. Well, the 13th is the day. I don't think so. But I'm watching you do the numbers. I noticed in chapter 9 something I never saw until this year. It says that the satraps and the governors actually helped the Jews. The government jumped in and helped these Jews. That's astonishing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's possible. I, I find it hard to believe, you know, time-wise, it's roughly the same time. I mean, I, it, it's clear that this Mordecai that we hear about is actually described as being taken by the Babylonians. And it talks about the king and being swept away. They were only in captivity for 70 years. There's a good chance. And we don't know about Ezra and Nehemiah, but we certainly know, well, we don't know about Mordecai knowing them, but we certainly know that if Ezra and Nehemiah were alive, they certainly would have known of these guys. So, okay. He does. 
on the first of Nissan, and he finishes up in the dark. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an amazing thing. So if you'll turn to Esther chapter 8. I'm, I'm astonished. Is this helpful, by the way? Are, are, we, are you hearing stuff you haven't heard before? Good. In Esther chapter 8 and verse 17, man, men from the peoples of the country declared themselves Jews for fear or dread, depending on your version, of the Jews had fallen on them. What, what does that mean? Could be. Could be. Could be. So let me ask you, what is this indirectly, unfortunately for the sages, what does this say about ritual conversion? And when we've and when we've got proselytes here in the book of Esther, which on our timeline between King David and King Messiah, right? Seventeen. Evidence for ritual conversion. Just It says they declared themselves Jews. Oh. So I think it actually is not an argument from silence. I think it's just the opposite. I think I'm a Jew. They declared themselves Jews. They didn't ask the Jews to declare them Jews. It could be. I don't know about their spiritual health. All I'm concerned about is. There doesn't appear to be a ritual proselyte conversion like we've been told happens. The sages don't like this because they just said, okay, 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 I'm, I'm a Jew. But the Jews did and the people did because they fought with the Jews and they did not die. I think it's big. You don't think there were Jews. These people said they were Jews. But I don't think the purpose is they're trying to join themselves to Israel, possibly. Really? I think it's the fear of the Jews is upon them, and the Jews are taken by the wicked, and it doesn't make sense. Okay, I'm a Jew. Okay. I feel very Israeli. So it's pretty neat that the text allows us to go either way, doesn't it? It could be, but we'd be adding to the text. It really doesn't say. It could go either way. It could be there is no ritual conversion. They declared themselves to be Jews. Or it could be these guys, I want to be on the winning side. Yes, yes. It, it could be circumlocution for something that's never biblically described. You're right. It could be circumlocution for something the sages made up. That's true. Or, or, or maybe not. Or some, or some, I, mean, I, I, I tend to think that there is a traditional form of joining a community. And I think what, and I don't think that there is a traditional form of joining a I agree with you. In fact, Ruth did exactly that same thing. She made an oral declaration. All right. So, 
I would like to think it is. I'm just thinking that the whole proselyte, they became a Jew, they're no longer a Gentile thing, is not supported by the text. These people, we know, made a declaration, just like Ruth, as opposed to the proselyte stuff that we're talked about, where now they're no longer considered Gentiles, they're considered Jews, and Jews indeed, because they've been circumcised, they've gone through the mikvah, they made the declaration, and they're good. Now, there is an implication there, because we know the evidence of being a Jew in the Old Testament form of things was to be circumcised. No, we know that to be a child of the covenant means to be circumcised, and it doesn't matter whether you're in the Old Testament or the New Testament. But all those that came out of the wilderness were circumcised. Right. I was thinking about and all those that went into the wilderness David's were circumcised. Now, um, it's a sign of the covenant. Right. It's still a sign of the covenant. Absolutely. No, I so I wouldn't. I would. I just. I'm only dinging you on the Old Testament. Right. Okay. That's fair. Thing. That's fair. All right. So let me ask you. Oh, yes, sir. I was just going to say. She can't be circumcised. No, no, no. <laughs> no yeah, yeah, yeah. She can't be. Yeah, Trust me. Not in the biblical description of circumcision. Right. No, that was, yeah. That's... The, issue, the issue is that it wasn't, sim- it wasn't simply a, 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 a declaration that she became a Jew because she's always called Moabitess. That's right. She became a member of the family of Israel. She says, your God is your... Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Her declaration was not that she was a Jew. Her declaration was that she was part of the family and their God was her God. Now, I want to try and prove, I want to try and prove that that's exactly what we do. And I want to try and prove that that's exactly what these other people did. You want to give me a chance to try or do you just want to shoot it down? Okay, well, it's time to go home. Pete says I can't do it. Forget it. Class is over. Gregory? Which one it is. No one made them they Jews. Themselves. They made themselves Jews. Okay. Or called themselves Jews. Or, or they declared they Jews. Jews. So here's, here's my question. So drop, drop, all the, drop all the stuff. New question. Haman declared war on the Jews. True or false? Okay. Was it a religious war or an ethnic war? Was it ethnic or was it religious? Does everybody understand what I mean by that? Was it because of his lineage or was it because of his faith? Was it because of his lineage or was it because of his faith? His, his intention may have been ethnic, ultimately, we would 
would say it was, you know, the real thing going on is, you know, behind the scenes, the spiritual forces at work, right? it's religious. Oh, well, it was, but his it intention was ethnic. It wasn't necessarily prompted by his ethnicity. Well, that would support what I asked earlier was, like, did they know? Was it, like, known that, like, oh, yeah, that's the Jew? Because if it was, then that wouldn't make any sense that all of a sudden one day one thing would tick him off and he would go after him. He would have gone after him way before that. Unless it was something to do with his faith. With the expression of his faith. the expression of his faith. Exactly. And I think if we look through the whole book, all we see is the expression of the faith. How is it that the people declared themselves Jews? To me, they started practicing the faith. The fact that they got circumcised or made some declaration to the rabbis or to the Sanhedrin or whoever they've got, no one would have known. Exactly. You keep the Sabbath. What about the Moranos at this time period? 2,000 years later. How did they know? The Moranos were the hidden Jews. What were they looking for? Were they, were they trying to write down the answers? Who's your mother? Who's your mother's mother? Who's your mother's mother's mother? Wait, wait, wait. You got a Vabinowitz? Are you kidding? What's your, what's your, what, 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 what are you? No. They would deliberately see, will you keep in Shabbat? Will you come out? Will you work with us on Shabbat? Hey, look, we're having a barbecue here in the, in the colony. Are you going to come out for the barbecue? Sure, come on. You, you don't want to come for the barbecue. You don't like pork? Why not? Were they really interested in whether or not the guy's father was a Jew? Or was it religious? Was it based on their faith and what they did? How they practiced? Gentlemen, I tell you, I'm reading practice. Why did he not like Mordecai? Because the guy said he was a Jew? Or because he acted like a Jew. I can't bow down to this guy. Why not? I'm a Jew. Who cares if you're a Jew? Jews don't bow down. Especially if you're from Benjamin. If you don't understand that, it's an inside joke. It comes later. Literally yeah, wasn't. Well, that's from the noob in the corner. He's still in there. That's good. That's good. All right, so... We don't know the answer. The, the bottom line is we don't it's know. It's not to become Jewish. It doesn't have to be Jewish ethnically. Right. Possibly become a member of the Jewish faith. Which is exactly what we've done. Exactly. I was going to say, it's leading to what we're going. Even in the army. And I mean, exactly. It's just like, I'm fighting for them. That's right. Yeah. I, as, as somebody said, I, I see these guys are on the winning side. I want to be on their side. Okay. And it makes sense time <clears throat> Yeah. Which means there's a 
Well, that's exactly right, son, and that was my next point. They've got almost an entire, well, actually, they do have an entire year. Mordecai starts fasting in the third month, but they have a whole year to decide how they're going to act. Are you going to act like a Jew, or are you going to blend in to the culture around you? And I would ask you that today. Are you going to act out your faith, or are you just going to blend we're having the pork barbecue at work. Sure, yeah, I'm in, yeah. Well, how much is the, how much is the plate? Or are you going to step up? Others may, but I cannot. It's not that Allah does not permit. Hashem does not permit. Yeah. So, it's the same deal. And I see it as making it for me this entire book applicable today. Suppose somebody said, you got a year. We'll see where you stand. Because we're going to watch. Who's, you can throw in with, who's lot? (laughs) That was it. So you're choosing... Faith or life? See, for these guys, it wasn't just, are you going to get the promotion? Are you, are you going to have some angst with your girlfriend or your wife? Is your boss going to think you're an idiot? For them, it was faith or death. It was a life and death matter. I'm with them. Oh, really? In a couple of months, we're taking them out. I'm still with them. Exactly right. Exactly right. Okay. Yes, sir. There's a change of phrase, I mean, in, in support of what you're saying. Because in 17, it says, and many of the peoples of the country declared themselves Jews, but the fear of the Jews had fallen on them. Yes. And sages are divided on that phrase. Those that don't mind this declare themselves Jews said, the fear of the Jews is the fear of Hashem. Because the phrase is twisted in the next one where it says uh, uh, where it talks about this, uh, the, the governors and the safe traps or whatever it says the fear of them had fallen on them right. and it doesn't mention specifically the fear of the Jews right, so it used the pronoun now Right. Of the fear. Exactly. That's also tied to fear of the Jews and the fear of Mordecai and the fear of Hashem. Yes. Of it mentions the fear of Hashem, Mordecai. It's, it's talking about the fear of Hashem. Exactly. We see that in chapter 9 and verse 2, which is shortly after that. You know, fear of the Jews right. and the fear of Mordecai. Yes. Exactly right. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. So, couple, couple, couple of points now, quickly, uh, and we'll close up. And, and I, I, I appreciate your, uh, your comments, guys. Um, do you see a lot of religious devotion in this book? I mean, beside the fasting, which Esther had to be compelled to do, although the nation chose to do it when Mordecai asked them to do it. Besides fasting, is there any pious? behavior going on? It, it, we don't read about it. I mean, it may have been there, but I, I'm not seeing a lot. Why didn't Mordecai bow down to Haman? So was Haman acting as a god? Raising himself up as one, requiring the worship of the people. Did the people have to worship the guy, or did they just have to bow down? Or are you equating them? I guess I was kind of equating them in Haman's mind, not necessarily the people. I don't know. Well, it's the people I'm more concerned about. Oh, okay. I believe you're right about Haman. Right. He was just milking this for all it was worth. Yeah. I'm number two. Hoo-ha! Bow down, you know. But the king made the edict that you had to bow down to him no. in the same way that you had to bow down to the king. So... To take Gregory's point, I would actually say that the people appeared to be Bending to whoever was in power. Okay. So if that's the case, John, then the fact that these same people would choose to go with and join themselves to the Jews seems even more noteworthy. If they've already demonstrated that they will bow down to whoever's in charge, this guy's still in charge, and they're like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with these people. Yeah. Well, it's possible. They wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't burn. Okay. Yeah. I noticed uh, a divine providence here in the book. Do you can you can you flip to the to the page there where it says that Mordecai heard from God? No. Uh, uh, how about where Esther receives a word from the Lord? Is that is it is that what page was that? It's in, my Bible. it's in the Message Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There it is. There it is. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and. I'm going to try and turn your, turn your tables a little bit now because we're, we're already doing that macho, masochistic, non-chivalrous man thing where we think the book should be named after Mordecai. Misogynistic. Thank you. It's not masochistic. It's, yeah, thank you. Misogynistic. Yeah. Um, chauvinistic, I think was the word I was trying to get out, and I'm just diving through the thesaurus, you know. Okay. So we're thinking Mordecai should have gotten the book named after him, but Esther did. And I think on the divine providence thing, we've got, we've got sort of a tell here. So we've got Mordecai fasting. Sackcloth and ashes, top shelf. I mean, we're talking major stuff here, you know? Esther 
tries to discourage him. Has clothes brought out. Guy, get dressed. Stop it. You're, you're embarrassing me. I mean, everybody inside is talking about you. Come on. He gives his little spiel. Once again, she's obedient. We read in the text that actually Mordecai acted as her father. So she's really just being obedient to the command. She's walking out and living out the fifth commandment because she does everything this guy says. She tries to honor him in every way, including sending out the clothes. I don't think it was to distract him from his fast, but rather to allow him to continue to be honored. We'll all let you know. So if, if Mordecai, if she's obeying her father, yes. Mordecai is similar to Joseph, and Joseph symbolizes Messiah, yes. it could be he did save the Jews, no question. So he's a redemptive figure in some way. Um, and a Benjamite, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a definite possibility. And I don't think the typology should be lost in any way if we're looking for redemption through this. But why the redemption comes, Colby, is my concern. And I think Esther's got the key. Not Mordecai. Mordecai's a great man, and I don't mean to put him down. And I certainly don't want to diss a tzaddik in front of other tzaddikim. But Mordecai missed it. He set the example, and he's fasting. But what's the key to salvation? Why? She's got the key. She's not the key. She knows the key. What's the key? What'd she tell him? What did she tell him? What did she tell him? He says, don't you think you're going to get out of this? No, 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 no. No. You don't do something, God will raise up salvation from somebody else. You and your family will perish. She got the message. What, was, what did she tell him? What did she tell him to do? He's already set an example for the whole place. What did she tell him to do? How? Get the whole nation to fast and repent. National repentance was the answer to salvation. And she knew it. It wasn't, well, gosh, Uncle Mordecai, I think you're right. We should all fast. I'll fast. I'll fast fast too. But even my girls will fast. We'll go fast. That's right. In three days from now, I'll go before the king. You're right, Uncle Mordecai. And she goes in. That's not what she said. She says, you're right. We have done wrong. There is no way that we can stop this from happening. Only God can. How can we get his attention? What does it take? It takes national repentance. It is in the text. Have everyone fast. That's exactly right. National repentance. Not just him. It wasn't, wow, I've seen you fasting. I mean, it's been going on for a long time. Long enough to where I've sent you clothes. 
I've tried to stop you. No. Not just, yeah, I agree, we need to fast like you are. No. You have everyone fast. And we'll fast at the same time. And then I'll go in. And if I perish, I perish. And what's funny is that in mine, it says Mordecai passed over and did according, did according all that Esther had commanded. It's the only time that happens in the entire book. That's exactly right, and that's my point. And I think that's why the book is named after Esther. The girl was beautiful. But what got the heart of the king? He saw not just a beautiful woman. He already had, according to the scripture, the most beautiful woman there was. Vashti was over the top. Esther was merely second place. What was the difference? He saw in her godly character and a faith that was beyond anything he'd ever seen. He saw a character forged in Judaism. And it turned his heart. Uh, top of my head, it's it's out of sequence right now. Let's come back to it later because I, I, I I'll, I'll lose my train. No, I would say that his individual righteousness, like yours, Colby, was an example to everyone who saw or heard of it. That's what I think. But Esther's declaration was, I can't say. All I know is that his righteousness was an example. His dedication garnered fear. But absolutely. But hers was the word of wisdom that it's not you or me. It's not just if I go before the king. It's not you fasting here. We all need to fast. The nation needs to repent. We need to come together as a people before God and ask him to save us. The way out. The way for all the people. That's her, right. Her answer, you know, if you're going to play the typology, she's the spirit of Hashem. You know, she's yeah. She's the spirit of Hashem saying everyone needs to repent. Exactly right. Which is it's true. That's it. The same kind of deal. I don't want to diss Esther in any way, of course, but I, I don't want to downplay the fact that everybody's going to die. All the Jews will die. She's just going to die earlier if it didn't work out. That's the reality of the story. All Jews will die. 
I grant you that. I grant you that. I agree. Let's go back. Great point. Let's go back to Mordecai's righteousness. What happens in this uh, chapter 6? We get the flip-flop. Haman's on top. Mordecai is sitting in sackcloth and ashes. He is sitting in sackcloth and ashes, right? Look at the progression. When does he start fasting? Chapter 4. After Haman's plot. He's in sackcloth and ashes. Now we've got Haman coming in in the middle of the night to do the dirty deed on Mordecai with the gallows thing because the king can't sleep. Wait a second. Wait a second. Somebody didn't get, get their due here. And we've got to do the horse deal, right? You know, parade him around. That's, this happens here. They put him in the clothing that Haman describes. What happens when the horse ride is over? He returns to sackcloth and ashes. Guys, I tell you what, Mordecai just went up a notch or two in my book. You've just been wearing the finest. You've been paraded all around. And then right after that, you remember the plight and go right back to the fasting, right back to the sackcloth and ashes. I tell you what, guys, if there's anything I want to be, it's an example to other men. I really wish that I could say, that's what I would do. I'd get off the horse, and I would not go down to the pool hall. I would not go down to the nearest glee club and go, ha, 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 was that, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. No. Just immediately go back to sackcloth and ashes and wait for God's redemption. Bam. He comes right back. It's exactly right. And brings us back to a Messiah-type figure. Excellent. Okay. So, with regard to election, did God choose the Jews? Are you sure? How about you guys in the cheap seats here? God chose the Jews. Did he choose you? Did he choose you? For what? Salvation. <laughs> That's a good question. That's a great answer. Gregory, did he choose the Jews? Did he choose the Jews? Did he choose the Jews? Are they his particular, peculiar people? Did he choose to step into history and redeem them from a foreign land? Did he choose to give them redemption? What's the reference? Chapter. Six. Verses... Passover is in less than a month, guys. Have you not been reading it? Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. Well done. Oh, he chose Israel. So it's not the Jews? It's not the Jews. I'm limiting it? Oh, so he chose more than the Jews? 
That means he did choose the Jews. Did he choose the Jews? You just said, I'm limiting it. So he chose the Jews and other people, evidently. He chose some Jews. Did he choose the Jews? He chose the seed of Abraham. You don't want to call them Jews. Is that the problem? Well, we don't know where you're going, and you're going to trap us. So, where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> okay, he chose the Jews. He chose the Jews. If he chose the Jews, did he choose you? You sure? He chose to give us the choice. He chose to give us the choice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I really wasn't trying to trap you, and I really wasn't trying to get into some kind of weird theological election deal because Calvin, that's right, yeah. So, you know, that was, that's a different class. But if you believe that he chose the Jews, did he not have to save them? Start all over. Reseed the pot, as it were. Okay. Do you believe that uh, God is involved in the finer detail parts of your life or just in the broad stroke? Wimps. Every small detail. I've got a small detail here. Who's on the big side? Just a big side. So, so we're. I mean, is that is that you, Mominus? Everybody thinks that. Even down to the little details. When I move my hand through the air, it's all predetermined. Okay, so it, you believe both. Okay, so God has a hand in every part of your life. Is that what you believe? You believe that? Soup to nuts, you believe that? Is it possible? Is it possible? Is it even possible that God is involved is cognizant of, is specifically designing what dice roll. It's scriptural. It is scriptural. It is. So you believe that? Even, he, he was even intimately involved in Adolf That's exactly right. So that means every day when this guy's throwing the lots, God was there. God was determining exactly what day would be chosen. Do you believe that? And the, the, the 
Yeah, now you're a month off. Yeah, I'm with you. Exactly. It's the same kind of thing. But I would say that we've got somebody else that compares with Pharaoh, not Haman, but I'll get there in a minute. So if God is in the poor, God is in the lot, God is determined. I would go so far as to say God is predetermined how that lot will come out. He knew before Haman did that it would be the 13th of Adar, yes? Well, gentlemen, the key is not to recognize that God is God. Even an idiot can do that. Gentlemen, the key here is to recognize that Haman didn't believe that. That's the lesson. Haman didn't believe that God was involved in any way in the throwing of that lot. God didn't have anything to do with the people that he chose. God didn't care. God wasn't involved. Maybe God didn't even exist. And I would say that in every area of your life, every day, every thought, every intent of your heart, you can either act like Haman and think, that God doesn't see that hidden sin. God doesn't see that little time. It doesn't matter. Because like Haman, God's not paying attention. Or you can be like Mordecai, who knew that should God allow him a fleeting moment of honor on top of that horse? It was back to sackcloth and ashes when it was done. Because that's where God wanted him to be. That's where God expected him to be. That was the actions that were necessary for his faith to be exemplified before all the people. And I want to challenge you. I do this. I think like Haman. Oh, it's okay. Nobody sees. What does that mean? I have no faith? No. It means I just don't believe. I don't believe what's written in the Psalms and the Proverbs. And I don't believe what's written in this book. And I want to act selfishly, more like Haman, than Mordecai. All right, last, last deal here. Esther had the beauty. Mordecai had the brains. That seems to be true. Certainly the other way around doesn't work. Maybe in that little dichotomy, yeah. Mordecai seems to be the bee's knees when it comes to uh, doing the righteous things. But we saw that Esther really say, knew the bigger why picture. Are we, why are we limiting wisdom? Well, the only thing that she steps up with is the idea of national repentance. And obedience to her father. Well, I was going to bring that out. Did you notice that she requested nothing but what was recommended by Haggai? She remained under his authority. Even though she was a Jew, she remained under his authority because she knew, unlike Haman, that that's where God had placed her. Just like Joseph in the prison. Did you look at this guy's this guy's name? What's your dad's name? No, don't be looking at it. I didn't see it till this year.
the Eshet Kael. We sing it on Erev Shabbat. What's this guy's name? What's her father's name? Avi. Chayel. He's the father of a Chayel. Esther. Esther. He's named for Esther. Exactly. He is the father of a valorous one. That's cool. I always thought her father's name was Avigal, Abigail. It looks like Abigail. You know, Abigail, the girl, pretty, real pretty girl. She was married to the uh, jackass. What was his name? Anybody? Yeah, Naboth? Nabal? Nabal. Somebody like that. Anyway, it's not Avigal. Abigail's name is Avigal, Gail. His is Avichail. It's just one letter different. Makes all the world of difference. I thought that was pretty cool. So even the scripture says, based on her father's name, that she is valorous. Yeah. And she was, until the appropriate time when she revealed herself. Isn't it interesting that she did reveal herself, but Vashti would not? Comments? Final points? Let's let's go visit your parents. Hey, you know, I got nothing to do today. That's right. That's right. He died. He died. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Now my parents are dead. Yeah. 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 There's nobody for you. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Uh, I would memorize this. I mean, just know the player. You'll be able to walk through the book. It's important. It's a good book. I put it on par with Ruth. There's there's a, an incredible lesson to be learned here not just of Gentiles joining themselves to Jews, although that happens in both books, but that God is sovereign. The, uh, should, we, wait, wait, should we just, the total length of the book, going back to your first question, is 13 years? It's uh, 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. From 3 to 13. Correct. From the third year of his reign to the thirteenth year of his reign. That's correct. It's ten years. You got a decade going on here. And 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 the majority of it happens in the first three chapters. When Haman takes over, you're already in the twelfth year, you know, and then you lose a year while he's throwing the lots, and then after he makes his decision, you got another year before the annihilation actually occurs. So, it's a good deal. The sages had one more comparison that I, I didn't pick up on or realize. And, uh, you know, they're uh, wondering why God is not seen. Well, God is seen. God is seen in, 
in the fact that Esther and Mordecai, our, our main players, are very seriously about their faith. They're very seriously being about faithful people. They're, they're all about it. They believe that God exists. He's there, and you see him in the actions of his people, in their willingness to trust him for their salvation and so forth. Um, but they use uh, Ahasuerus, the king. They see him providing the deliverance by means of his signet and his decrees as bringing either damnation or salvation. And it's his choice. And the choice is based on his people calling to him and asking him. So they see the king like Pharaoh. As, as Pharaoh in, in that position of authority and being an agent for God. And I never would have thought it. I think that's pretty cool. Any other comments? Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. And I was trying to find that in John. Yeah. Where it talked about the feast in the winter. And the only reference I saw was just where it talked about the feast of dedication being in the winter in John 10. Yeah. But there's. John 11, it's like Passover. Right. And the one before it. Well, I'll, I'll find it for you. Okay. But it is. Yeah. It's. Um, I, I can find it for you. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Um it's, it's obviously winter time. It doesn't say it's winter time, but it's obvious from previous descriptions that it is winter time. But it doesn't describe it the way it does Hanukkah. It just says it's a feast of the Jews. So it's like an anonymous feast, but it's in the wintertime. So the only way that you'd know what it is is if it's in the winter, and it's not described as the Feast of Dedication. But I'll find it for you. Mm-hmm. And talked, another word it used was genocide. So mm-hmm. going through what we talked about today, when Hitler, and, I, and this is a history question, I don't know, but when Hitler was with genocide, did we see any Jews step up like you're talking about Mordecai doing here at that, at that time, looking for national fasting or anything like that? Well, that's a great question. Um, I, I do think that uh, instead of just pointing it to the Jews, um, if we just say God's people, um, I know that there was, I mean, even Dietrich Bonhoeffer um, was uh, uh, implicit in an assassination attempt on, on the Fuhrer. Yeah, because there's no queen. Yeah, I, I like that. That's way to give way to give the Fuhrer an out, uh, or or the or the uh, things. Hitler probably read Esther and was like, "Why can't I marry?" Well, actually, 
if, if you went to the Purim party at the Spurlocks, um, you would know that for sure Hitler read the Purim story. And in fact, all of his SS officers were very familiar with Haman's plot and that whole thing. And one of them, when he was being hung, that's right. I mean, he made it clear. You know, we're, we're just doing Purim here. You know, it's, uh, if it doesn't happen now. It's, yeah, it didn't work out this time, but wait till next time, you know. <laughs> then ten guys are hung. I mean, that's, that's really weird. Um, I am not aware of uh, an insurgence uh, of that nature. And, uh, and I think that's a sad commentary on the, on the Jewish people. Um, and and I, don't, I don't even want to be mistaken on this tape um, that I, th- I think the Jews did poorly and the Christians did better. Actually, I think since the Christians weren't being targeted, shame on us. We did even worse than the Jews that perhaps at that time uh, did not step up. Um, but by the time we had uh, Hitler and, and World War II, the Holocaust and all of that, you had already had a fracturing of Judaism uh, between the Orthodox, the, the uh, Haredi, the Chabad, uh, and all these folks, uh, you know, it, it, I think an outpouring of that, you know, some 60, 80 years later, we actually have Orthodox Jews that are out there picketing and, and making it clear that the Palestinians are correct. And the state of Israel is, is an abomination, and it should never have become a state. Those are Orthodox Jews saying that. Now, grant you, they are a minority, but I find it appalling and embarrassing. But that could not have happened unless the seeds of discontent with God's plan and, uh, and, and, and trusting in the infallible word of God hadn't been sown much earlier. And they were sown before Hitler. So um, yeah, hopefully that gives them a little bit of an out. But I'm not aware of a, of a rising up. Um, Exactly. It has. Yeah, no question. But at the same time, we've also got this outgrowth of what appear to be amazingly liberal, amazingly liberally minded Orthodox Jews arguing that the Palestinians have the right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the state is bad not because it's it's made by Jews, not because it's God's land given to the Israelites, but it's because yeah, because of the way it was is garnered and who's running it now and stuff like that. Ah, I, I, I'll grant you that. Yeah. yeah. Good question. Very good question. Yeah. Other comments? Does that say quarter after eight? No. Say twenty to nine. So it's, it's, well, it's, it's a funny watch to read. I have a separate question. Um, I have a question about the Jews. Um, I have a friend who's a Jew, and he's a Jew. And he's a Jew. And he's a Jew. And he's a Jew. And he's a
kind of did this in our family uh, recently is you know we we try to we're trying to be as obedient to the commands as we can. Well, you're in good company. Halal meat. Costco. And then, and then they're sending it out to the stores. And so I'm just sort of bringing it out for two reasons. First of all, we're searching for a source so that we can have it that's not been sacrificed to idols. That's basically what it amounts to. But also throwing caution out there that, you know, just because it's beef in the market and so on and so forth, that, you know, it could be sacrificed to idols and we wouldn't know. And so, we, we've actually discussed... Right. You have three options basically. Cheap option, Trader Joe's, they have kosher meats in their meat section. And then less, uh, just slightly more expensive would be Gleberman's. But then a really pricey, but more of like more variety would be Griller's Pride. Well, the, the interesting thing is that we actually talked to our beef suppliers and said, yes, we do a kosher. Well, halal is kosher. That's, but see, that's with one exception. With one exception. Exactly. And that's what I'm going with it is that in their minds it's kosher because they're not coming from this this side of things. And so they're in their minds, they're advertising as kosher. Sure. And maybe a Trader Joe's may not be, I'm not going to say that, but they're advertising as kosher. Right. But it's truly not. Right. And we had this conversation here in the community. Um, Probably about a year ago. So you know, most of you guys have heard this, but uh, um, the the big difference between the hectured meat and the halal meat is that the halal cattle are stunned before they're slaughtered. Besides the religious aspect, right, okay. for, from all that, that's the difference. And because they're stunned. Even if it if it wasn't Muslims or anything having to do with Muslims, it would not pass Heksha. So, um, but you bring up a good point, and Greg has definitely done that research, and those are pretty much your options. Koshermeat.com, you know, there's several out there like Grillers Pride. We've used Grillers Pride. Um, it, it's a uh, Yeah, it's top shelf. It is truly an amazing thing that uh, um, well, many the, Jews become more vegetarian-based and eat a lot less meat. And it's not for, for religious reasons. It's just because it costs so much money to buy that beef. And you just, you just buy less of it. And we're doing the same thing here. We, we, you know, we have less because it's so expensive. Good, good question and, and good, uh, good caution. Let me. Uh, um, forgot completely about it. Um, Sarah, Abigail, Esther. Was it Rahav? I believe it was Hannah. It might have been Rahav. I'm not sure though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. 
She was pretty. Yeah. Jesus, keep me by the cross. All right, let's uh, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for Esther, for Hadassah, for Mordechai, and for uh, Avichail. I pray, Father, that as you give uh, opportunity and privilege uh, to some of us in this room to raise daughters, that uh, we would be known as Avichails, that we would raise valorous ones. I think it's interesting, Father, that uh, it doesn't seem to be a, a focus on the gender there. So we can all raise valorous ones. Father, I pray that uh, you'd uh, cause this lesson to dwell in our hearts for longer than we'd like it to. And that we would, uh, we would recognize the need not to think like Haman, even for an instant or a moment, but to think consistently like Mordecai, and that we would be obedient to those that you've placed above us and over us for our care, our provision, and our direction, as Esther did. And in the end, Father, that you would find us faithful to act like our faith demands. I'm grateful for these men. I pray you'll bless them for being here. We pray this B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach Erenenu in the name of Yeshua, the Messiah, and our Lord. Amen. So what's this inside joke with Benjamin?